Hello, I'm Joe Watson. And I'm Josh Newman. And this is Literally, What Does That Mean? The show where we take pop culture references a little bit too literally. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. I know you want me. Ooh. I know you want me. Ooh. I know you want me. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to be trying to find the uh, the literal meaning of Pitbull's great classic. I know you want me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is that the name? I think it's the name oh, of the song. So. <laughs> Somewhere down here. I mean, we didn't actually write down the uh, the name of the song, but I think. No, well, it's not quite Bohemian Rhapsody, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're we're his well known song. I know you want me. There's a. We've been studying the lyrics. He starts uh, about the third verse or something. And he goes, uh, stick to the clock on my way to the top. Pitt got it locked from bruise to the locker. And blah, 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 all this stuff. And, you know, boasting about how great he is. And then he, he brings out this, this really interesting line, I think, where he says, um, you know, referring to himself, I think, uh, watch him make a movie like Albert Hitchcock. I mean, so I suppose this is what got us interested. Yeah, in yeah, I mean. We wanted to know, I suppose... Who was Albert Hitchcock? And what kind of influence did he really have on Pitbull's life and the song he eventually came up with? Yeah, and I mean, more importantly, the, the movie. that mm. Pit, you know, oh, Pitbull yeah, was the, going to make movies. like The infamously uh, lost yeah, like, Albert Hitchcock Like movie. Albert Hitchcock. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we wanted to check first uh, on the interweb that uh, no one else had answered this for us. And we found out that somebody called Movies <laughs> 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 on, on Yahoo Answers has asked, can somebody tell me who the hell Albert Hitchcock is? Well, I mean, it's the was. question we're asking. Yeah, the question of everybody's lips. And, I mean, the, the replies are pretty varied. But yeah, there's the a lot overall, of them as well. You know, this is a question that people want answering. The overall message is that, apparently, according to XY, he's a pretty famous director. He did a lot of older mu- movies that you probably haven't seen. Psycho, The bird, Birds, Missed Out the Eye, this person did. Oh, okay, The Birds. Uh, the Birds. yeah. yeah. He's really highly acclaimed and respected in Hollywood, which is funny because I've, I mean, I've never heard of Albert Hitchcock myself. No, I mean, I, I looked at the, the films, the XY sites there, but they're clearly by a, a director called uh, Alfred Hitchcock, who, yeah, I mean, we can both both agree that he made the odd film. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, nothing too big, nothing else. No, and I mean, Pitbull's, this is a multi-million dollar record, you know, he wouldn't make such an obvious blunder. This has got to go through editors yeah, and yeah, yeah. reviewers, you know, I'm Lyricists sure. Lyricists and... yeah. yeah. You know, I think we have to take Pitbull's word that he meant Albert Hitchcock. Take it, quite literally. So, you know, this was really what set us on the trail of uh, Albert Hitchcock. I mean, this question has not been answered uh, properly. And, you know, thankfully, you know, there aren't many famous Albert Hitchcocks. So we're pretty sure, pretty certain, actually, that uh, Pitbull must have been referring to the famous uh, Dr. Albert Spear Hitchcock, an agrostologist. I mean, who else could he be referring to, really? Well, I know, exactly. And, uh... Obviously, we both knew what agrostology was, but, but for the more uh, you know immature listeners, they that is the study of grasses. Kind of makes sense, really. Agrostology. I mean, that's not how it's spelled, but if yeah, you're yeah, used to it, make... agrostology. I mean, yeah, if that, if that helps the listeners understand, <laughs> uh, you know, well, agrostology is a uh, a quite a poorly studied area of uh, botany, and you know, Dr. Albert Spear Hitchcock really uh, founded this area, dedicated his life to it. Yeah, he did. So, um, you know, a little bit of backstory because it's it's not immediately obvious. So, Albert Hitchcock was born in 1865. You know, so he's it's going back quite a long way here, and um, he lived until the the mid 1930s, and you know, dedicated his life to grasses across the world, really. Uh, so, one of his really 
really famous works was his 1921 book, The uh, the Manual of Farm Grasses. And I mean, I've in researching this podcast, I've read it extensively about it, and I can tell you it's it's incredibly exciting. What did you think about it? Well, as somebody who's definitely read the whole book, mm-hmm. I have to say I couldn't put the book down. It was yeah. excellent. So Albert was obviously a very dedicated and hard-working individual, mm. and that's sort of evidenced in, 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 his, in his works. And there's a quote here from him where he says, I waded through water almost up to my knees, pushed my wheelbarrow, and still managed to keep my collection dry. The mosquitoes were very bad. I had to put on my coat, put cheesecloth around my head, and a pair of extra socks on my hands. My shoes had worn through and my feet were blistered. But, for all the discomforts, the collecting was magnificent, and I felt fully repaid. Mm. I mean, I, I've really experienced that, you know, and I've been to Wales sometimes, we all know. <laughs> pretty miserable at times wet mosquitoes but you know when you see those grasses i mean they really liven up your trip not only is he dedicated but incredibly uh, meticulous we we found an argument he got into with a emmanuel fritz who I mean, else would he get in an argument with that the emmanuel fritz who we all the emmanuel fritz i've not heard of him you know, <laughs> we're, we're really a uh, team hitchcock here but um so he got into an argument so emmanuel fritz was saying that a the nomenclature of grasses. I mean, I don't know about you. It doesn't seem that complicated to me, you know, lots of Latin. Um, you know, Emmanuel Fritz thought this was too complicated, but Albert came out in staunch defence of the nomenclature. And, uh, you know, there was a, a huge uh, argument. You should really check it out. It's in the uh, the Journal of Forestry. It's a, uh, yeah, a really I mean, good read. I enjoyed that uh, um, while I should have been working this week. I mean, is that just, uh, just sort of a... a clue to the fact that Albert Hitchcock might have been part of the liberal elite who assumed that everybody... Could understand Latin. Yeah, and it fits very well with because um he spent most of his working life with a uh, Mary Agnes Chase, also you know another famous agrostologist, and um you know she was a quite outspoken feminist in the day, and uh, and you know at least on the outside, Albert Hitchcock was very um very similar. You know he came out in favour of women. You know we should be proud of that. I think really women yeah. working in the field of agrostology, which many people would have heard of, was quite a patriarchal. I mean, even back in the day that it that it was, that's the early 1900s, that's pretty mm. impressive. So while um, both Josh and I dedicated a lot of the last few weeks into uh, into reading the extensive literature written by uh, Dr. Hitchcock, we we found that it was incredibly interesting, but really didn't give that much insight into the man himself. So yeah, so we felt that we had to uh, delve deeper. Yeah, so we we dropped the um, Smithsonian email because they have. Extensive archives on his work. Mm, 6.8 metres worth of archives dedicated mm. to Hitchcock himself. Is that width or height? Or <laughs> we don't know really how to quantify 6. that. 6.8 <laughs> metres, yeah. And they gave us a few interesting contacts to get in touch with. The first of whom was a lady called Mary, who works in the academic affairs department. Mm, Mary she, Sangri. Mary Sangri, yeah, yeah, or Sangre, or however you say it. Sangria. Sangria. <laughs> Anyway, she got back in touch and was very, very polite and said, ooh, she didn't say the ooh bit. <laughs> I've added that for dramatic yeah. effect. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've ever thought about this. I'm not sure I could p- provide you with good information. And it seemed a common theme. We then got in contact with uh, Kenneth Werdak, who was an associate curator in the Department of Botany at the uh, National Museum of Natural History. And his dad was also a curator of the museum and uh, actually knew Hitchcock 
And um, Kenneth Werdak did get back to us, but um, again, he didn't didn't have information to offer. He said that, you know, while in many cases I can serve as a connecting link to a prior generation of curators here, Hitchcock and Grasses are beyond my expertise. And, uh, you know, we were really starting to worry here. You know, what if what if the legacy of Dr. Hitchcock had been lost? But then, you know, we really hit gold when we got in contact with uh, Paul Peterson. Good old Paul Peterson. Well, I know, who is the actually curator of Grasses. At the National Museum of Natural History. What he an is, excellent title. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he was the man to get in contact with. You know, I'm just going to read some of the excerpts from his email. He says, of course, he is considered, referring to Albert Hitchcock here, he is considered the father of agrostology. He says, I have one of the last photographs of him before his death hanging on my wall where he is one of many who attended the Amsterdam Botanical Congress. Kind of morbid, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but he's, you know, he's obviously... A big fan. A big, big yeah. fan of uh, Albert Hitchcock. He says, as well, you know, I have individual pictures of the former scientists on my wall, beginning with Hitchcock, and then Agnes Chase, who we alluded to earlier, and also Thomas R. Soderstrom, another agrostologist who came after Hitchcock. So, you know, he really is the pinnacle of agrostology. So my favourite part of this email is where he goes on to talk a bit about the work that Albert Hitchcock did on grasses. And he tells us that Hitchcock had about 25,000 different grasses. That he it's had a lot of grasses. It is. I mean, I didn't even know. Different that. grass species. Yeah. I didn't really realise that was a thing. I just <laughs> grouped grasses together in a very, I mean, is that, is that offensive to grasses? Is it in any way? I don't know. Anyway, he also then goes to, to say that, that he himself has collections rising to numbers at 26,037, which <laughs> beats... Compared to Hitchcock's oh, I mean, yeah. 25,000, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know whether this was a subtlety or not, but I think he's beating Hitchcock in the, in the grass competition, if, if there ever was one. I think now, though, that we really need to uh, get back to the question in hand. We've really got off topic rather here. We're really focusing today's show on, on Pitbull and his allusion to... Um, to Albert Hitchcock's filmmaking. And so what we really wanted to know was whether Albert Hitchcock had made films, well, obviously he has, and, you know, what were they like and how they inspired Pitbull? So, you know, we mentioned the uh, the 6.8 metres of archives, but we've searched them front to back. Yeah, and... in, personally, we, we, we flew over <laughs> to the Smithsonian <laughs> and we yeah. searched the 6.5 metres of height, wet, width and depth of, yeah. the, of the archives. But, you know, we can assure you that there is not a film in sight there. And we also... We look back at some of the photographs. I mean, Albert Hitchcock studied grasses all throughout the world, and we really looked at them. And same with Mary Agnes Chase. We saw some of her photos. And in all of these photos, we don't see any cameras in the shot. And it's quite uh, common in um, pictures from this era to see the, the great gawping great uh, video cameras on the back of donkeys and things and we see the donkeys you know trekking all the gear but we don't see cameras it's not a really good sign for our search for these films really no it really wasn't good and and what's more is that there seemed to be at first it seemed like a lack of information but then it really seemed like people were were hiding something from yeah, us a, a massive institutional level cover-up first of all we didn't we stopped receiving correspondence from Paul Peterson. Yeah, I mean, he was great to contact. He was replying to all our emails, and then suddenly we asked him if he knew of any films uh, by Albert Hitchcock and nothing. And since then, the trail's really run dry. Mm, yeah, indeed. We've, I mean, we tried Paul Peterson again and again, no reply, and we've, we've tweeted the Smithsonian. Um, and we tweeted Pitbull himself to get, to get word of mouth from the horse himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, that phrase, but yeah. <laughs> and Pitbull's... Uh, his producer and his manager, and none of them have got back to us, really. And I mean, I think it's startling. It seems well, like... I think it's, it seems pretty suspicious to me. 
Um, so we decided to sort of change tactics and we... We had a bright idea. Yeah, an excellent idea. And we started to look at it from a different ang- angle and try to understand what we could learn about Pitbull that could inform us on Albert Hitchcock and his films. Yeah, I mean, we know from, from Pitbull's song here that actually he makes movies like Albert Hitchcock. Absolutely. So therefore, if we know what Pitbull's videos are like, we can infer what Albert Hitchcock's videos must have been like. And luckily, Pitbull's videos are very easily accessible. We don't need to get in touch with the Smithsonian for those. (laughs) No. So Pitbull was born in the 1980s, but he wasn't the man we know he is today. No, he wasn't born Pitbull. No, in fact, he was born Armando Christian Perez. Yeah. Long before he became Pitbull or his alter ego... (laughs) Mr. Worldwide. I know, it's a big name. I mean, maybe on a par with the father of agrostology. I, I mean, undoubtedly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pitbull's life gets quite messy uh, quite early on in life, really. He gets involved in drug dealing and he's in foster care because his mother kicked him out, sadly. Um, you know, it's actually, it's hard to draw parallels with, with Dr. Hitchcock. But does it sort of draw parallels with graft species themselves? Do they... I'm not really sure how they, they work. Do they, are they raised by, by a parental um, figure think, in the world? Is that, is that not an avenue that we need I to go down? we'll cut that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Pitbull had a really quite a troubled uh, early life, but, you know, he's gone on to make a whole, a whole raft of films and music videos and things. And, you know, he, he actually released a film in uh, 2012 called La Gasolina, which is a documentary about himself. But I mean, fortunately for us, because uh, I Know You Want You was, uh, was written in March or released in March 2009, we can actually exclude any of the the music videos he released after that after that date. So thankfully, in the film La Gasolina, we don't have to um, to bother with that. So really, the the big hit, and which comes with a music video, prior to March 2009 was Pitbull's uh, single with Lil Jon, uh, The Anthem, which he released in 2007. And as you might expect, classic Pitbull video, full of women, scanty clad, um, sort of admiring Pitbull himself, which yeah, always no, seems I mean, quite bizarre to me because Pitbull kind of just looks like your average, your average Joe, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I could use that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, while we were... Focused predominantly on uh, music videos prior to 2009, Pitbull hasn't really evolved. No, no. I mean, so maybe like Albert Hitchcock, you know, he he studied grass for many, many years. And maybe he'll, Pitbull himself, will continue mm. to study women for many years. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the troubling part for us was that, as we mentioned earlier, Albert Hitchcock was actually... I mean, openly, and we said openly earlier, being careful, that he was openly a feminist. You know, he worked with Mary Agnes Chase, but that doesn't... It's hard to reconcile that with the work of uh, Pitbull. You know, I mean, there are a lot of naked women in those videos. But perhaps Pitbull's videos are an outward expression of um, a woman's choice to wear what she likes and be as sexually provocative as she likes. And that's Mm. something that he was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. Albert Hitchcock, even. I mean, who's Alfred? Um, <laughs> so, if you're trying to sort of piece together what these um, Albert Hitchcock videos might have looked like, drawing on inspiration from the Pitbull, Pitbull videos themselves. And also what we know about, about the great man. So, bringing those two factors together, um, the only conclusion that we could possibly make is that Albert Hitchcock's videos also featured scantily clad women. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a definite. I mean, it's a continual feature of all of Pitbull's videos. Which only means, it's the only definitive answer, 
Yeah. That I think that's got. the only real definite. And if you think about it, that sort of graph level view you get of um, the grasses he must have been filming, mm. that's perfect level for sort of ankle shots. And yeah. Back I mean, in the day, I'm sure that was that was the scantily clad of the, of, the, of the early 1900s. Yeah, I mean, I know we, we say we take things totally literally, but we have a bit of an understanding that scantily clad now is quite different to scantily clad back then. Absolutely. A little bit of um, thigh, a little bit of heel. Yeah. Thigh, thigh's a bit high. But... Thigh's a bit high, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very high. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I mean, I think that's that's the one definite. And, uh, I mean, also, we know that in Pitbull songs, it features a lot of Spanish. I mean, it's the quite inspirational lyrics. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. I mean, inspirational. As a, as a non-Spanish speaker, I have no idea what, what that means. No, I know. So, and, you know, Spanish is, of course, a derivative of Latin, which, um, you know, we know from Albert Hitchcock's uh, great argument with Emmanuel Fritz, he was really keen on Latin. So, you know, I think there would have been random bouts of, of, of Latin in these, these videos. And, uh, I mean, another feature of Pitbull's videos is that uh, Pitbull himself features a lot in them. It's not just these scantily clad women. So it's actually a real shame because as Albert was, you know, such an inspiration to so many uh, current agrostologists, Absolutely. it would have been great to to see moving moving pictures of him. Um, but, I mean, also questions whether Albert himself was, well... You could arguably say narcissist. Mm, yeah, Pitbull is maybe yeah, he think... was sort of keen to be in front of the camera, but his agrostology background never gave him that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, these videos must have looked like this, but I think we have to ponder a little bit. He must have kept these videos pretty secret. I mean, Mary Agnes Chase, who was a really strong feminist and would have totally disapproved of filming of ankles, um, you know, she wrote a really moving obituary to him uh, when he died. So, you know, I think she must have never known about these videos. I mean, they absolutely must have ended on good terms for her to write such a, such a, a nice thing about him. And... Yeah. No, I agree. So I think these must have been quite secret, but I think that's not to say that people don't know. But I mean, obviously Pitbull himself has got hold of these, which we need to, to, to discuss still. But, you know, also I think one can assume that Paul Peterson might know about them. I mean, the, he's really gone quiet since we've, we've asked for the, uh, the details of these films. Absolutely. That just shouts to me cover-up. These are being covered up from the public eye. For whatever reason that might be, maybe there are too many angles on the show, too many grasses being pollinated, whatever whatever <laughs> naughty things might happen on an Albert Hitchcock film. Yeah. No, I know. I think it's a real shame because, I don't know, I think it would be a real uh, benefit to, for all of us to be able to, to watch those videos. Yeah, absolutely. It's public property and we should be able to see them when we mm. request them. And uh, we are planning to uh, to really actually break into the Smithsonian Institute. You know, they've been they reply to most people on Twitter, but they haven't replied to us. And I think that there might be more than just those six point eight meters. Absolutely. And on that note, I think we have about seven days until we're arrested by the American authorities. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, if anyone else wants to uh, take up that challenge, uh, <laughs> you know, we're not liable. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think we. We need to wonder, though, how on earth Pitbull got hold of these. I mean, he got hold of these before he was rich and, and that famous, you know. So he couldn't sort of pay his way into finding secret documents, which I'm no. sure is something that happens these days. And I mean, as two PhD students, we're pretty wealthy and have tried ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he must have got hold of these. And I think the, the answer must lie in uh, his parents and his kind of wider heritage in Cuba. Yeah, absolutely. Some kind of nepotism-related 
influences from his previous... Yeah, I think nepotism may be a bit strong, but kind of passed down through the generations. I think I'm sure many of our listeners have read the uh, the catalogue of grasses of Cuba, but, um, you know, it's obvious from that that uh, Albert travelled all throughout Cuba and may well have met with one of the ancestors of... Um, of Pibble. Of Pibble, yeah, I think that's an explanation, really. No, they may even actually feature. Maybe there's... Maybe they do. Maybe they're in the in the films themselves, but because we can't see them, we can't actually confirm or deny that. Yeah, I mean, maybe Pitbull's great-great-grandfather, <laughs> probably not grandfather, <laughs> great-great-grandmother's ankles. Well, yeah, or... Yeah. They, no, must be great-great-grandmother's yeah, yeah. ankles appear on one of these secret videos. Yeah, those kind of things went okay back in those days. <laughs> So I think actually against all odds this week we've uh, we've come to the bottom of of what Pitbull meant here. We've genuinely solved the case. I think, mm. I think uh, to Mister Movies on Yahoo Questions, uh, we'll we'll reply to him and tell him that we've cracked it. We know who the hell Albert Hitchcock is. We know who the hell he was, and also we know that you know unfortunately for I think current agrostologists and any other fan of Albert Hitchcock, he might not have been the man that he he portrayed himself as. No, but we have come to the bottom of what his films might have looked like and what his influence on Pitbull might have been. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see what Pitbull might have become without the inspiration of Albert Hitchcock. Undoubtedly not the man he is today. No, I mean, I think he might have been much more caring of women. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think that brings to an end today's podcast. Uh, we'd love to thank you all for listening. And if you want to hear more from us, get in touch. and Yeah, and join us next week or tweet us on a at literal underscore podcast and if you're offended please don't sue us (laughs) (laughs) yes it's all a joke although all also true goodbye folks au revoir